so happy to have you with us this week on the show. I'm doing a little exploration in why we can be self-critical, why it is that so many of us judge ourselves so harshly, how we can start to turn that around, to flip that script, to cultivate more positive feelings about ourselves with some questions, some handy tips, some action items that you'll be able to take away with you. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please be sure to share it with a friend. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. What if you could maximize your meditation practice with a tool that maximizes your time and attention with images and affirmations carefully selected to boost your positivity? to help you integrate your intentions into your subconscious. I have a special gift available for you. Visit happifiedlife.com and click on the Start Off Happy button to take a look at the phenomenal technology created by Positive Prime that uses neuroplasticity to literally wire your brain for more happiness, higher productivity, better relationships, and greater success. Head over to the happifiedlife.com page to start off happy with Positive Prime. Enjoy it free for 30 days. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me this week on the show for a little exploration into something that has come up for me for quite a while, but recently was coming back to mind. And here in the U.S., it is the week of Valentine's Day. And while my husband and I appreciate each other every day, I also love this growing trend of celebrating Galentine's Day when ladies get together with their dear friends, their besties, and love on each other. And so I think in the spirit of shining some extra love around on each other, let's take a look at how we can start shining a little bit more love on ourselves and have a little less judgment, a little more tolerance, a little more patience, and stop judging ourselves as much as we do. Is this something that maybe you resonate with that perks your ears up? Are you someone who tends to be hard on yourself? Maybe you feel like if you weren't being hard on yourself, you wouldn't get anything done, right? This is how you hold yourself to some standard that you've placed. This is how you drive yourself forward by compelling yourself with a little extra criticism, with judgment, with harshness that maybe you learned in your life, maybe you've heard that from other influences or, or perhaps somewhere along the way. You know, it could be hard to track the roots of this. It could be worth some contemplation after you listen to this episode. And as always, I would love to hear your thoughts, your takeaways, your feedback, any questions that come up for you through listening to this episode. I always invite you to join me over on Happified Life. Dot com, the website, or over in Facebook in my Live With Less Stress Facebook group. But as I was saying, this topic has been coming up for me because I'm certainly not immune from being a little bit self-critical, from judging myself, from not doing enough. And you've heard me talk before about the difference in doing this compulsion that we have to be a very productive society versus 
being, being more present, being more open, more in tune with what feels connected and aligned and important to us, right? Using more magnetism to draw us forward than pressure to push us towards some goal. So I've been exploring this place. And I know if you've been listening to the show for a while, you've picked up on this focus of mine as well. But one of the things that it came back to my mind as I was in the shower, we all have to spend a little bit of time in the shower. And perhaps you, like me, as you are getting clean in the shower, you look down at yourself. And this is a conversation I've had with some friends. When you look down at yourself, you see yourself from a perspective that no one else has. Have you ever thought about that? That your field of vision is completely unique. You see your picture of the world through this viewfinder. Remember those from childhood, those little plastic viewfinders, and it all comes into focus. And so when you look down at yourself from this top-down perspective, you might see that your belly is bigger than you wish it was, that your feet look funny, that, you know, maybe one breast is larger than the others. Girls, I know you know what I'm talking about. You see things that no one else sees. But this is your view of yourself more often than not. Am I right or am I wrong? Or you're looking at yourself in the mirror. And this reminds me of something that I see just about every day that I am in at work. I work in a beautiful spa, very well appointed. And at the end of one hallway is what I call the funhouse mirror. And you know what I'm talking about, the mirrors that aren't exactly right. There's a little bit of something. The glass might not be completely straight. The backing might not be well attached. And it looks like a funhouse mirror. You look a little shorter and wider, or you look a little taller and narrower in the middle. You look like Laurel and Hardy, right? When you look at some of these mirrors. And so I think about that as well, that even in this beautiful place where every detail has been accounted for, Somebody missed the memo on this funhouse mirror. And so as we're walking down the hallway, as I'm walking with a guest and I see ourselves reflected in this mirror, I'm reminded of the distortion that we can have reflected back to us. And we tend to put faith in what we have reflected back, right? We tend to trust the mirrors without considering the distortion that might be present in the mirror or the distortion that we tend to develop from our own point of view, right? One distortion that I always see in myself that I've heard no one else sees until I point it out is that I have a sleepy little eye here on the right side. Maybe it's the left on your video screen. And I've always parted my hair so that my hair will cover that eye a little bit. So it won't be so noticeable, which as I understand, is hardly recognizable to others, right? But I parted my hair to try to accommodate this so much that I actually had a small skin cancer spot removed from the left side of the top of my scalp from that part area a couple of years ago. So how interesting is that? That these little things, these little accommodations that we might take on due to a perception that we have developed about ourselves can actually come to cause us real harm physically, mentally, emotionally, in the relationships that we have with others, in the way that we show up and be present with each other. Because through this filter, we might not think we might think that we are not worthy, that we don't bring enough to this relationship, that that someone else is so much more or greater or better than we are, that we diminish ourselves in their presence. 
And how unfair is that not only to ourselves, but to the other people in our lives, because we're dimming our shine because of this falsehood, because of this false narrative that we've adopted. We're not showing up fully. We're not bold enough and brave enough to say what's on our mind and in our hearts. We're not loud enough to fight for what we believe in because we think we're going to say it wrong or we're going to say it at the wrong time or somebody's going to get offended and that's not what we meant. And we we limit ourselves. We check ourselves. We rein it all in. And so, so let's consider that if we're a little less judgmental of ourselves, we could be doing a greater service not only to ourselves, but to the people in our lives, the work that we do, the world that we are trying to lift up a little bit, right? So let's take a look at this. One other thing that I like to think about, I heard this story several years ago, and I'm a color geek, as you know, and you know, the last episode, two episodes ago was living in full color, right? The spectrum of emotions. I'm all about dancing on that full range. And so when I heard that there is a scientific basis for believing that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. How crazy is that? But think about it. So consider yourself, you're sitting in your backyard, if you're lucky enough to be somewhere where grass grows. Here in San Diego, I go to a park in order to be able to sit down in a grass. And you look down in the grass that you're sitting on, and you're looking down, again, that perspective that we have in the shower, our self-perspective, we're looking down from the top at grass. And so we don't see the blades of the grass. We see through it. We see the dirt underneath. We might see the bugs, maybe some more weeds there from our perspective, because this is our localized view. When we look across the park, we look the other side of a fence at how perfectly groomed the neighbor's yard is. It looks so green. It looks so even because you're looking at the sides. You're looking at the flat plains of the blades of grass. You're looking at the greenery and you're not able to see all that you can see when you're looking down at the place where you are. And so think about that too, how much our perception influences our assessment, our judgment, our evaluation of how well others are doing when we don't feel like we're doing very well, our grass isn't growing very well. Look at all these weeds. Oh my goodness, the bugs, the worms that are crawling around. I'd better cover this up so no one knows because I have to hold up to this vision of perfection that I, I perceive over there. Right. And, and sometimes we judge ourselves based on how we you know, in our daily lives, how we're showing up because of what we see on social media. And this isn't a new concept either. And hopefully it's something that you're already tuned into that filter through which everything we post on social media, you have to recognize everyone else is posting things through a filter on social media. You see people in sweetheart sweet here, you see people smiling and nestled closely together and you admire everyone else's relationship and you hate Valentine's Day because it's not something that you feel in your own. But what we're not seeing is what's behind the cameras. What's What happened before the camera when there was an argument over what was for dinner or who was cleaning up after dinner or who was putting the kids, kids down to bed tonight, right? We don't get to see that. That is screened for our viewing pleasure. That doesn't make it through the filter. So we see extraordinary, powerful women, 
you know, being boss babes out in the world, making big change happen. And we compare that to what we can do in the course of a day. How do they get so much done? And we don't get so much done. And we have to consider what other help do they have that they're not broadcasting into the world, right? What, what help are they willing to admit that they take on? What kind of support team do they have at home as well as at work? You know, I'm sure you've heard people say, well, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, but the amount of support work, the amount of the drudgery, if you want to call that, that all of us are responsible for within a 24 hour period varies enormously. I don't have children in the house. I only have to keep it clean for myself and my husband. And that still can feel like an insurmountable task. And so my hat is always off to the mamas that have the children and the working husband and everybody's busy and mama might be working too. And these days she probably is. And how do they get everything done in the day, right? We have laundry times two, they have laundry times six. So how can you tell someone when you don't know their full situation, that they have the same 24 hours in a day that someone else has, when you don't know what's really on their plate? Right. And so as you start to gauge how much you're not getting done because you see someone else so much more productive or so much more advanced, remember that you don't know who else is helping them hold that up. Remember that you don't always know when they began. Right. Think of the bands that you new starting out, you knew them from the neighborhood bar. Maybe they had a song that got really popular. Suddenly they're an overnight sensation. You've been going to see them for 12 years and suddenly everyone thinks they're the next best new thing. They're far from new. They kept at it. They believed in themselves. They kept showing up. They kept putting in the work and they didn't believe the naysayers that said, if you haven't made it by now, you're not going to. Right. So think of those filters and those screens that we bring to our lives that we project out into the world and be a little more kind to yourself. Hold space for a little less judgment, a little more love and 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 bring that to yourself instead of only, you know, thinking that that's that's good enough for others, that we're not worthy of shining a little bit of that love on ourselves too, right? We can't be trying to match what everyone else is creating, keeping up with the Joneses and pouring from an empty cup. When there's nothing left in the well, there's nothing left for you to give. You have to take care of yourself first. And so you can't feel better about yourself for doing more when the only more you're doing is given away to others. Sometimes you get to take a pause from having this visible growth, having this visible success and productivity and turning inward and nourishing yourself. As you nourish yourself, as you feel more restored, as you feel stronger again, more energized, more hopeful. As you fill your own cup, then you have more to show up with into the world. But you can't criticize yourself into creating more when you haven't given yourself the food, the nourishment, the fertilizer that you need to be able to flourish, right? And sometimes these critical perspectives, these voices sound really familiar. Sometimes these voices, you know, sound like parents or teachers 
that we've had or or friends that can be very critical and and don't realize that everything they say is something that you're taking to heart. Sometimes these voices are saboteurs. I enjoy the work of Shirzad Shamin. He's a wonderful coach, very successful in helping entrepreneurs break past the limitations that their saboteurs can show up. And so just some of these, and you might meet with some of these different types of voices, inner critics or gremlins in your mind. Shirzad teaches us about the judge, the master saboteur, the judge, that self-critical voice in ourselves, but also the controller or the hyper achiever or the pleaser, the restless one that can't stick through, stick with things and see them through to finish is always looking for the next shiny penny. The stickler, again, you know, that criticalness, holding things to that perfect standard or the victim and how these different voices and roles of this inner critic or inner voices can be holding us back. Perspective is powerful. I like to counter the saboteurs with taking a look at your personal character strengths from the VIA Institute. They have a wonderful quiz. I'll have the link in the show notes. VIA survey is a great place you can go and do this free survey, or I can share the link. You can pick that up and find out what of 24 identified positive character strengths are present in you. Not that we don't have all 24 and not to say if you have these six, you should work on the other 18, but to say that this is where you naturally flourish. This is where you're already strong. And how can you maximize this? How can you bring more of yourself to the table? Show up in all of your own color and energy so that you can shine brighter. So I like to counter the saboteurs or those inner critical voices with touching back in on our natural strengths and counting our wins. I'll go through some some ways that we can be a little less judgmental, a little more loving to ourselves. And so I'll dig more on dig into that a little bit more in just a minute here. But I want to spend another minute contemplating, you know, how how the voice of or the worries, the fear can drive some of the self-judgment and how we can start moving away from that, that fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of hurt ego, right? Afraid to take chances because what will people think of us if we fail? Not thinking about, I mean, how many amazing leaders failed countless times before they had the successes that made them who we got to know. We can't be afraid of failing if that's how we learn the important lessons lessons that inspire us to grow and do better and be more. We're afraid of hurt feelings along with that hurt ego. You know, we're afraid of getting feedback, of people telling us we're playing too big, of people feeling overwhelmed or overpowered by us. And I invite you to consider, you know, what might be going on for them? How relevant is their fear of you playing too big? Are there other people who can recognize what you're passionate about, what you're inspired about, who can understand where you're coming from and appreciate that energy. Not to say that you can't keep the others in your life, but their voice doesn't have to be the only one filtering your perception of who you are, what you're bringing to the table, what lights you up. There are others who who have your own unique energy, your inspiration, your passion. And when you connect with them, you can keep that flame going. And when you're with 
someone else, when you have those quieter days, when you're ready to be a little more present and quiet, then that can be a good time to connect with those other friends in other spaces. But don't let the energy of one relationship flavor how you are able to be in all aspects of your life. Cultivate more love for yourself. Think of the hope that you have to bring things forward. Think of the potential that you have. You have created things in the past. Think about what you've done, what you've accomplished. This is a great list to make on a day when you have a little extra time, you don't have something else you want to jot down in your journal. We're really quick to count our losses, to tally up those failures, to record where we don't think that we've delivered the way that we should have or could have. But what about counting our wins? What about honoring our successes and celebrating those? When our brain is only given permission to wear a groove about everything that went wrong in the day, our brain is is supported in perpetuating that, that biological design that we have to respond to stress. We get to overwrite that. We get to record a new tune. We get to teach our brain that we also can experience good things, that we enjoy those good things, that we invite more of those. By remembering the successes, we see the potential that we have within ourselves, and it's easier to find the solutions that we need to keep on racking up those successes. So outfox your brain, start playing a new tune, start counting your wins, as opposed to only worrying over those losses. Some other tips that I have, we'll move on to that part. We'll see what of these resonate with you, what you'd like to cultivate. Again, this is never a point of overwhelm. You could do one of these things. You could do some of these things. If you really want to, you could do all of these things. Maybe just make a list and, and have it somewhere on a day when you're not feeling great. You could come back to one of these ideas. I'm all about making small changes that are sustainable so that we can build on those. So one exercise that you might resist a little bit coming up, and it's something you might've heard of before. I love to, I've seen people encourage this and I've had a really amazing experience being on the receiving end of this in order to get a little fresh perspective on yourself. Again, you've only got this point of view. You've been looking at yourself this way for a long time. How can you borrow someone else's eyes and understand that there's more to you than you are always able to see? Ask a friend, ask a coworker, ask some people in a group that you see fairly often, people who know you reasonably well, doesn't have to be only best friends. Ask others, hey, you're doing on a, you're doing a project, you're working on a resume, you're working up a new bio. Ask people to reflect back to you. What would they say are your three top traits? The three characteristics in you that they appreciate or even admire. Ask people what are mo the most memorable stories that they might have for you. And then look for the ways of being that you are in those stories that make them so special, right? And if you get an embarrassing story about that one time, the entire table, you know, got tipped and everybody's appetizers end up in your lap, that actually happened to me. Maybe the winning character trait there is that you're able to laugh things off or quickly come up with an alternative and wear a sarong instead of your shorts out of the restaurant, you know, um, so be willing to kind of be open to this. You might have to dig a little bit to see where's the positivity if somebody hands you back a zinger, but 
be open to discovering something new about yourself when you look through other people's eyes and perspectives. So I encourage you to do that. Choose a friend or three friends and ask them for this feedback. What are some positive characteristics or traits or some of the most memorable stories that they have that they could share with you? And then keep those somewhere where you can look back over those. It's really, really warming and edifying to have that perspective. I've shared with you about the positive character strengths quiz at VIA, V-I-A is the name of the institute, viasurvey.org. That link will be in the show notes. And as I've already said, I'm a huge fan of tracking your wins. Keep, you know, a little code, give yourself stars or smiley faces on the calendar for things you did great. Yes, I showed up and I exercised today. Yes, I didn't drink five cups of coffee. I stuck with my two cup maximum or I skipped caffeine today, which is where I am right now. So forgive me if I sneak a yawn or two into this episode, right? Track your wins. Yes, I meditated or yes, I wrote down a gratitude before I went to sleep tonight. What are some things that you can, again, be accounting so you build faith in your potential and ability to succeed? All right. When we stop counting only the things that go wrong, we start counting the things that going right. It's easier to be less judgmental. It's easier to believe in our potential moving forward. So track your wins, all of them. I had a great conversation in last week's episode with Robin Quinn Keen, Quit the Commitments That Hold You Back. And she's talking about how powerful that exercise is for her own clients. Keep a notepad on the refrigerator. If you don't keep a calendar or in your journal, write down something that went well today. So again, you're training your brain to celebrate those wins. Don't forget to reward yourself. When we want to change habits, you know, we understand that habits are made of building blocks. There's the cue that makes us want to do the action, the action that we take and the reward. And, and those three aspects are always in a habit. So when we reward ourselves for doing more of what we want, we're more likely to do it next time. So think about ways to reward yourselves. Make that list, that things that make me happy list. Little five minute picks me ups, walking outside barefoot, eating a nice warm cup of soup for lunch, you know, ways that you can treat yourself, that you can reward yourself and have those ready and don't withhold those rewards when you do well, when you reach milestones on the way towards your ultimate goal. Remember to celebrate those wins and reward yourself. And I would like to self to say too, one of the things that I offer to my friends, um, and it's another change in perspective. You know, when you hear those inner critics, those gremlins warming up, when you hear the things, you start paying attention to the critical things that you say to yourself, right? First, we have to become aware the action of the habit. Then we can start shifting the habit. We can start changing that cue. But when we're aware of how mean we can be to ourselves, I would ask you to please remember We find it easier to be nice to other people. When other people are having a bad day, we'll put out the energy to say something nice, to lift them up. When we see people are struggling, we reach out a hand. And I'd ask you to do that for yourself. I'd ask you to recognize when you're struggling and give yourself a lift instead of pushing yourself down. And I would ask you to please be nice to my friend and be nice to yourself. 
Take good care of yourselves. Thank you so much for joining me in this little exploration this week. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, any takeaways, questions over at happifiedlife.com. And I look forward to being back with you next week. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.